From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We are wrapping up our In Her Boots podcast series with Barb Perkins of Vermont Valley Community Farm. Today we talk about navigating all the people on our farms and keeping everyone safe. Barb reflects on things to think about when moving to paid staff and the role worker shares played on her farm. It's all about education on how to be safe on the farm for everyone. Barb Perkins, together with her husband David, ran Vermont Valley Community Farm CSA from 1994 through 2018. Vermont Valley was one of the first CSAs in the state and one of the largest. The farm engaged its members in many ways and became a vibrant community over the years. Barb is an advocate for CSA and an educator for CSA farmers and the community. We are wrapping up our In Her Boots podcast series with Barb Perkins of Vermont Valley Community Farm and wanted to share some time this last episode, Barb, talking about how do we identify and manage human risks on farms like yours, specialty crops with different things going on. There's a lot going on, right? Uh, when, When farming here, especially with just the volume of CSA shares and worker shares and staff, et cetera, of keeping it all safe for everybody, right? And keeping it um, managed as part of the farm business. And what were some things you remember going through when you first moved to your first paid staff and um, things for somebody, because that's always a big transition, right? To go from kind of a hodgepodge of family and anyone who's willing to come help to, whoa, we need paid staff to manage our farm business effectively. Some things to think about. Okay. So by the time we had our first paid staff person, uh, we had about 35 worker shares working on the farm each week, and they comprised morning and afternoon shifts. So I was running crews of five and six people um, every morning and afternoon when our first employee came to the farm. So our farm was a little bit unique in that way. So we really started out um, needing to impart safety on a lot of different people. And we always had a worker share orientation at the beginning of each season. And we would give the safety talk. And we would talk about how to be safe on a farm. And basically what that means is farms can be really dangerous places and there's a lot of big pieces of equipment. And no, the worker shares and the employees aren't driving these big pieces of equipment, but they need to be aware of them when they're out in the fields. And of course, driving trucks, employees would drive trucks. And so, you know, that was huge as far as making sure all the crew, whoever that crew was comprised of, was in the truck safely, 
the back end was closed tight. You physically checked it. You made every sure everyone was sitting down, you know, just all the checks. And then, and only then, could you get into the driver's seat and turn the key. Um, you couldn't sit there with the engine running, waiting for people to jump. So, you know, there were a lot of real specifics, and we just, we focused so heavily on on safety. Um, safety when working around machines, making sure that, that we had the safety guards and protection on all the machines, making sure that people were wearing proper footwear, making sure that they were wearing, you know, heavy gloves if, if the job warranted it. We really focused. On, on safety. And, uh, you know, making sure that if there was a rut or a hole somewhere, we would bring it to their awareness, making sure that the the areas where we walked and did our work around the packing shed area were safe, you know, to walk around that no one was going to, you know, be stepping in, in anything. But it is a farm and you are walking around on, on really uneven surfaces all the time. But you have a lot of people here when you're in peak mm-hmm. peak times of the season, right? Yeah. And um, we're um, a lot of people, right? I mean, we About 25 people yeah, a day on, yeah, yeah. working on the farm. Yeah. And what were the worker shares? Because you had a, have a, had a vibrant worker share program. Um, and I'm assuming people came from all different backgrounds and probably mm-hmm. a lot from no background in doing something like this. So how important was training? You were, you were talking about training earlier, but as far as, I don't know, even identifying some of the basics or things that might come naturally to you that you needed to stress with people who perhaps had no farming experience, a lot of enthusiasm perhaps, but uh, needed to be aware of to be effective. You're exactly right. A lot of enthusiasm. (laughs) And even like, well, you know, I go camping or I'm a runner. It's like, that's great. Now you're a farmer. We had to start at the beginning, uh, what to wear. Don't wear a tank top. You're going to get severely burned. Um, Don't wear shorts. Your knees are going to get all ripped up. We're walking into scratchy zucchinis and we're kneeling on the ground. No, don't wear, don't wear flip-flops. You have to wear closed-toed shoes. Yes, you have to wear a wide brim cap so you don't get sunburned. Um, you need to drink a lot of water, not a sip. I mean, I remember standing in the back of the truck on a really hot day and saying, by the time we arrive to that field, all of you will have literally finished the contents of your water bottle. When we get out there, I'll refill them all for you. And they looked at me. I'm like, no, I'm serious. It's like, it's 98 degrees today. Uh, we scared, We carried electrolyte tablets around with us. So, I mean, real, real basic. We need to make sure that people weren't getting, you know, heat exhausted or or hypothermic, you know, just we had layers, we had, you know, you need to wear rain gear if it's raining. You can't just say, oh, I'm okay. No, you're not going to be okay. Um, You know, you you really need rubber boots uh, if you're, if especially if it's cold out and you're walking through really wet, muddy areas. So yes, we had to start at this very, very basic level. And even with a new employee, I would have to start at this very basic level. They were usually a little more they understood more what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. But still, it was my job to make sure that everyone was their physical, if they were physically safe. Yeah. And physically safe must, might mean not going home with heat stroke. Definitely. Or dehydration. Yeah. And on the staff note, probably have lost count over the years, but there have been so many of your staff who found their passion here, right? And right. went on to start farms or different things under the agricultural tent and that has a lot to do with how you identified them as recruits, right? And 
what what did you see or how did you do that in identifying people who who weren't just labor i mean you want that that's that's bottom mm-hmm. line your need right you have a job that needs mm-hmm. to get done but you really nurtured the next generation and how did you do that um finding the right employee was that was very very challenging what i learned to pay attention to was the personality characteristics and attributes not even so much oh i've worked on a farm that wasn't as important as oh i had this job and i was in this leadership role or i'm a self you know like initiator and all these qualities um that really lend themselves well i can teach someone how to harvest broccoli i can teach someone you know the mechanics of working on a farm and sometimes it's really nice to be able to teach someone if someone has worked on other farms they have some of those other ways ingrained and no that's not how we do it on our farm i really want you to relearn how you do some of those things but what i really needed to look for was the characteristics of the person and really try hard to hard to zoom in on that and it wasn't easy but it was really important and i could tell after working with a new employee after the first hour like what kind of a per, what kind of a worker they were going to be on this farm if they need to be told everything to do or if they can look around and see what needs to be done and um on the flip side were there ever red flags of employees or even maybe they didn't become employees, but people you interviewed that you're just like, you know, this is not the right spot for you because that's a real challenge, especially too, as as farms grow, right? And they need staff of identifying people who will stay with it for, well, A, the season, but B, like with a lot of your mm-hmm. folks, the long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, the wannabe farmers were always, it was always a red flag. Oh, I want to be a farmer. It's like, you don't, know what you just said. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, I I care a lot about the environment and it's this feels has really important work. Yeah, it is. So the the idea the the people that we interviewed that just were just really idealistic. They want to save the world and they want to think, oh and like this is so cool. It's so cool to work on it. This is like so cool what you do out here. Well, no, this is just really, really hard work. This is what it is. It's really hard work. Um, you know, the end result, the big picture, it's really important. But, you know, our day-to-day, you're not going to find anything cool about it. Actually, it might be really cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, those were those were kind of red flags. People also coming with, like, the academic approach. It's like, oh, I studied this, that, and the other thing at the university. And I was part of this research project. And it's like, that's, you know, that's awesome. We, we need people like you. But that's, that doesn't, you know, necessarily mean that, you know, you'll fit in well with a daily grind on this farm. Or if somebody said, I, you know, my goal is to start my own farm. Okay, well, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for someone who wants to work on our farm, who wants a, a leadership position, who wants to grow with our farm, um, who doesn't, you know, want to head off after two years and go start their own farm because we've just poured two years of training into you, and now you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna walk away. So it was really, really challenging to find somebody who wanted to work on our farm, who didn't want to work here to get an experience, to have an experience. 
and then was going to leave in a couple of years. We wanted someone who wanted to work here because they wanted to work here. They might not be the self-starter that wanted to start their own farm. This all being said, the very best employees we ever had were those that did leave and did go start their own farms because, of course, they had what it took to be a farmer. And the, the years that we did get from those handful of employees that are now running very successful farms or other farm-related businesses, you know, were true assets to this farm. And they were a gift to us, and they knew how to manage people really well. And I'm really proud of what they've accomplished. And, and then I had to start all over again and find somebody new. <laughs> so, it, yeah, I, I think any farm you talk to, like the labor, one thing that we did is like, how can we attract people and keep them? You know, farming traditionally doesn't pay real well, you know, if you're going to be a laborer on a farm. So we really tried to pay absolutely as much as we could. And what we did was we paid a sal- a, a monthly salary 12 months out of the year. So we had enough rec- statistics to know how many, this is how many hours a week average our employees have to work. And just like teachers get a paycheck every month for 12 months out of the year, we gave our full-time employees a paycheck on the first of the month for 12 months out of the year. So, you know, in July, they were working more hours than they were being paid for. In February, they were working no hours and they were still getting the paid the same as they were in July. So we thought that that way of paying employees, first of all, seemed very professional and it also helped them to budget, knowing that they were going to get this much money. The other thing that we were able to implement was um, insurance benefits for our full-time employees. And so if you were full-time and, you know, getting that 12-month salary, um, you were considered a full-time employee and you got insurance benefits. And that was huge. And we felt so, so good about being able to offer that to our employees. Yeah. And that's um, a really I mean, the, yeah, different the, model. I, I mean, the farm had it makes a, the, sense. Yeah. The farm, it's, we were making enough money on our farm that we were now able to, you know, do just a little bit more mm-hmm. for our employees. And then employees too would see it from the long term in that it's not just a seasonal worker. Are you coming back next season? Or 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 you're an employee. You're a part of this business. Right. And hey, yeah, take some time off in February, right? Or whatever. Right. You know, I mean, there's a the the, mm-hmm. the equivalent sort of of the teacher summer off if you take mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we worked really hard at defining the work day. You know, it starts at six a.m. and it ends at 4.30. You know, we really, and that took, you know, a lot of years of like actually really understanding how many people we need to get the job done and how many hours it really takes. The other thing we did was we gave our employees a one-hour lunch break and hired a cook. And so we were all fed amazing food that we grew here on the farm. Um, So, you know, we treated our employees as well as we could and we had really high expectations for the work that they did and the efficiencies that they exhibited. And um, yeah. yeah. But that really is the ultimate in managing these kinds of risks, right? If it's a mm-hmm. partnership and it mm-hmm. comes and goes both ways, but a mutual goal. Mm-hmm. And what we learned, which was so interesting to us, that it wasn't, you know, we thought, okay, so as soon as we're paying the salary and this person has the has the benefit, then, you know, they're going to want to stay. And it, if somebody wanted to leave or wanted to pursue something else, they still did. 
you know, it, it, it's life. It's just life. Yeah. I thought, oh good. We're going to be able to keep people just a little bit longer. And in reality, I'm not sure if we did, but we, we know that we were able to pay them a living wage while they were working here. Great. Well, thank you so much, Barb. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.